Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, the Johnson & Johnson booster becomes the latest COVID vaccine unanimously endorsed by a key FDA panel when you could get your next dose. The discussion over mixing and matching vaccines intensifies as the CDC widens eligibility for boosters. Guilty. Pleading guilty, the suspect charged with massacring 17 students and staff at a Florida high school in 2018 plans to plead guilty to all charges. Will that move spare him the death penalty? Vaccine showdown, Chicago's police union tells officers to defy the city's COVID vaccine mandate, potentially taking half the force off the street. Bill Clinton hospitalized. What we've learned about the 42nd president's condition as he recovers from an infection. Under arrest, did a Capitol police officer help one of the January 6th rioters destroy evidence? Politician murdered. A member of Britain's parliament is stabbed to death while meeting with constituents in church. Why this is being treated as a possible act of terror. Lebanon chaos, how a massive explosion last year led to deadly street battles now. We're in the capital, Beirut. In Lebanon, this is what passes for relative calm. And still serving, Steve Hartman's on the road with a former top FBI official who's driven in a new direction. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Nora is on assignment. I'm Major Garrett. We begin tonight with important news on COVID booster shots. An FDA advisory panel today gave a thumbs up to Johnson & Johnson's booster after doing the same for Pfizer and Moderna. The FDA will formally decide on those boosters next week. The panel recommended people get J&J's boosters at least two months after their initial vaccination. While the U.S. has reported more COVID cases and more deaths than any other nation, the head of the World Health Organization this week called the widespread use of booster shots immoral and unjust. 
until more people, he said, and the people in the poorest countries get their first vaccination. The Biden administration, which is sending tens of millions of COVID shots to poor countries, hopes the booster program will help the U.S. finally get the pandemic under control and not incidentally get America back to work. CBS's Medea Villarreal leads off our coverage tonight from Fort Worth, Texas. Medea, good evening. Good evening, Major. Right now, today's discussions about the Johnson & Johnson booster vaccine actually included uh, discussions and questions about the overall uh, effectiveness of this particular vaccine with a study just recently coming out saying that of all the vaccines, J&J was the weakest. More than 15 million Americans who received the Johnson & Johnson vaccine are now one step closer to a booster shot. We do have um, 19 out of 19 unanimous uh, yes, vote. In contrast to the Pfizer and Moderna recommendations, the panel is suggesting all adults 18 and older who got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine get the booster as early as two months after their original shot. But the panel also heard concerns about the overall efficacy of the J&J vaccine. All of the data uh, do not uh, fully align with this being a vaccine that retains excellent activity over time. Is there a concern that this creates confusion for people who are maybe on the fence? This is actually how science works. Um, and you want us to do that. I mean, you want people to update guidance based on new data and new evidence. And my hope is it doesn't breed distrust, but in fact makes people realize that this is a good part of the process. On Thursday, the CDC added mental health disorders, including depression and schizophrenia, to the list of underlying conditions for those eligible to get a booster. Meanwhile, the Wall Street Journal is reporting the FDA has delayed a decision on whether to authorize Moderna's vaccine for kids 12 and up. The agency reportedly wants more time to assess any potential risk of the rare inflammatory heart condition, myocarditis. More than 68,000 people in Texas have died from COVID-19, and doctors worry the state could soon lead the nation in mortality rates. An executive order recently issued by Governor Greg Abbott bans private businesses from imposing vaccine mandates. Governor Abbott and our elected leaders in the legislatures should be doing everything they can to save lives. And that's getting more people protected via vaccination, not taking away the tools we have to do so. Here in downtown Fort Worth, health officials are hoping pop-up clinics like the one that you see behind me will actually get more people vaccinated in the state. Now, the CDC is set to meet next Thursday to discuss the boosters, but the earliest Americans will get a hold of them will be on Friday of next week. Major? With all the steps in the process, Medea Villarreal, we thank you very much. There's a big development tonight in the deadly 2018 shooting rampage at a high school in Parkland, Florida. The suspect, Nicholas Cruz, will plead guilty next week to all charges, including 17 counts of murder, hoping to avoid the death penalty. Here is CBS's Manuel Bojorquez. Wearing a mask and oversized glasses, 23-year-old Nicholas Cruz entered this Broward County courtroom. Please state your full name for the record. Uh, Nicholas Cruz. As the trial loomed for the mass killing at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, his lawyers told the court Cruz plans to switch his plea to guilty on 17 counts of premeditated murder and 17 counts of attempted murder. It was Valentine's Day 2018 when then 19-year-old Cruz, a former student, walked into the school, pulled an AR-15 out of his duffel bag, and began shooting. 17 were killed, including 14 students and three faculty members. 17 others were injured. 
today in a separate case involving an assault on a sheriff's deputy in jail. Nine months after the shootings, Cruz pleaded guilty to battery and three other charges. How do you wish to plead? I plead guilty. But a guilty plea in the mass shooting case sets up the next court battle, the penalty phase. Defense attorneys hoping to avoid the death penalty will likely present Cruz's history of mental illness to jurors, attempting to argue for a life sentence instead. I believe that this is the most perfect death penalty case there is. Linda Beagle's son, Scott, a geography teacher, was shot and killed after unlocking his door and letting students hide from Cruz. He's not ever coming back. And it's always going to be painful and it's always going to, always going to hurt. The next hearing where Cruz would officially plead guilty to the murder and attempted murder charges is scheduled for next Wednesday. Given how deeply impacted this community is, it may be difficult to find jurors who say they can be impartial during the penalty phase. Major? Difficult indeed. Manuel Bajorquez, thank you. Tonight, a U.S. Capitol Police officer is on leave after being indicted for obstruction of justice in connection with the January 6th insurrection. Michael Riley is accused of tipping off an unidentified protester, allegedly telling that person he agreed with their political stance while advising them to remove photos and videos from social media that showed them inside the Capitol building. Riley is the first U.S. Capitol Police officer to face charges in the riot. Tonight, a spokesperson for former President Bill Clinton says he is on the mend as he recovers from an infection. The 42nd president is being treated at a Southern California hospital. And Lilia Luciano reports from Irvine. Former President Clinton's condition is improving tonight, with doctors saying he's responding well to treatment, though he's expected to stay at least one more night. But when he was admitted Tuesday to the Irvine Medical Center, there were signs of danger. He was disoriented. Um, he wasn't speaking clearly. He was nauseous, he had vomiting, and they were very scared. The 75-year-old former president was suffering from an untreated urinary tract infection and showing signs of sepsis, a serious infection of the blood. It's very dangerous. I mean, you know, literally hours uh, a day later, he could have died from the infection. And so I, I think we're lucky that he was near an excellent hospital, that his team pushed him to go to the hospital right away and get the care he needed. Since then, he's been up, walking and talking, and has two books with him. Former First Lady Hillary Clinton has been by his side, and President Biden yeah, called him this afternoon. He's doing fine. He really is. And he's going to be released from the hospital. And we talked about, which we were going to do before, get, getting together. I haven't seen him in a while. And for him to come over and have some lunch and talk. Doctors stressed Mr. Clinton's hospitalization is not heart or COVID-related. But he has suffered several major health scares since leaving the White House, including quadruple bypass heart surgery in 2004, and he had two stents inserted to open one artery in 2010. Representatives say that all health indicators are trending in the right direction and that President Clinton will stay in the hospital overnight to continue his intravenous antibiotic treatment and that he is in excellent spirits. Major. Trending in the right direction. Good news indeed. Lily Luciano, thank you. Tonight, a serious safety issue is coming to a head in multiple cities. Some police officers are resisting COVID vaccine mandates, potentially leaving their departments and their cities shorthanded. The issue is especially acute in Chicago, where homicides are up 55 percent, shootings up 68 percent since 2019. CBS's Charlie DeMar has more. If you can financially sustain a hit, then stick to your guns, 
take the hit, and we will fight it. Chicago Police Union President John Catanzara is urging officers to ignore the looming deadline to report their vaccine status to the city. He's predicting if the city tries to punish officers for not complying, only half will show up to patrol city streets. Any sergeant, lieutenant, captain, or above who gives you an order to go in that portal is not valid. You are able to refuse that order. Can officers ignore direct orders from a supervisor? They do so at their peril. Insubordination is not something that we can tolerate. The policy announced by Mayor Lori Lightfoot in August requires all city employees to be fully vaccinated by tonight's deadline or risk being placed on no-pay status. Workers can be unvaccinated through the end of the year if they undergo regular testing off the clock and out of their own pocket. The mayor insists the city will be safe. Should citizens of Chicago be worried about their safety? No, they, they, they shouldn't be. Obviously, we have contingency plans in place if they are necessary, but I'm confident that they're not going to be necessary. It is not only Chicago police officers facing vaccine mandates. Hundreds of officers in Seattle and San Francisco could lose their jobs if they don't submit their vaccination status. Chicago Alderman Anthony Beal, a critic of Mayor Lightfoot, is worried about safety this weekend. I implore that the governor of this great state of Illinois declare a state of emergency. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker has said the National Guard is at the ready, but Mayor Lori Lightfoot has yet to request it. And this past year, COVID-19 is the number one cause of death amongst officers nationwide. Major? Charlie DeMar, thank you. Britain is reeling from a brazen attack on a member of parliament who was murdered in front of his constituents. The suspect, said to be a British citizen, was quickly arrested. Counterterrorism officials are leading the investigation. CBS's Charlie Daggett reports from London. Stabbed to death inside a church while serving those he cared for most. And for now, British police are treating the murder as an act of terror. Sir David Amos was holding an open meeting with constituents when, witnesses say, a man wielding a knife charged in and stabbed the 69-year-old politician multiple times. Emergency teams were quick to respond to the scene in Essex, east of London, but paramedics were unable to save his life. Police arrested a 25-year-old man on suspicion of murder and recovered a knife. Prime Minister Boris Johnson said the entire country was heart-stricken. And the reason I think people are so shocked and saddened is, above all, he was one of the kindest, nicest, most gentle people in politics. The father of five was a hardline Brexit supporter who had served as a Conservative member of Parliament for nearly 40 years. Amos is the second British lawmaker to be killed in just over five years. Labour MP Joe Cox was shot and stabbed in the street while meeting with her constituents. British police say it's too early to discuss a motive. Once again, the suspect is a British citizen who gave up without a fight. Meanwhile, flags here are flying at half-staff. Major. Charlie Daggett, thank you. We are also following developments in the Lebanese capital of Beirut, which is being torn apart by violence. Police are still rounding up suspects after seven people were killed in street battles Thursday. This all traces back to a massive explosion one year ago. CBS's Holly Williams is on the scene. They buried their dead in Lebanon today in a country seething with anger. In Lebanon, this is what passes for relative calm. That gunfire still going into the air as a mark of respect at this funeral. 
But yesterday, the centre of Beirut looked like a war zone. Protests by supporters of Hezbollah, a group backed by Iran, spiralled into clashes with rival militias. The violence was sparked by this. A giant blast last year, fuelled by dangerous chemicals stored in unsafe conditions, killing over 200 people. The protesters claim the official investigation is biased, but others say negligent leaders linked to Hezbollah are implicated in the disaster. Everything Hezbollah is doing and saying and acting is showing one thing. They do not want the truth to come out. Mark Daoul is an anti-corruption activist. Lebanon is suffering one of the world's worst financial crises since the 1800s, with shortages of food, electricity and medicine. And he told us government corruption is the root of the problem. It is the leaders who have taken people's money, distributed it to their cronies, but they insist on holding on to power. Nearly three-quarters of Lebanon's population is now living in poverty, according to the UN, and there are fears this country is on the brink of total collapse. Major. Holly Williams, thank you. Still ahead on tonight's CBS Evening News, the Texas abortion law is back in effect as the battle appears to be shifting to the U.S. Supreme Court. And after nearly 60 years, a mystery at sea is finally solved. Tonight, the Biden administration is planning to ask the Supreme Court to block the strict new abortion law in Texas. It is the latest move in a legal back and forth that has blocked and then unblocked the measure. The law allows third parties to sue anyone who performs or helps someone get an abortion after early cardiac activity is detected, usually about six weeks into a pregnancy and often before a woman knows she is pregnant. If you're constantly on the hunt for a good deal, then you need Rakuten. Rakuten is the smartest way to save money when you shop because members get cash back at over 3,500 stores across every category, including fashion, beauty, electronics, home essentials, traveling, dining, and more. You're already shopping at your favorite stores. Why not save while you're doing it? It's a no-brainer. Get the Rakuten app now and join the 17 million members who are already saving. Cashback rates change daily. See Rakuten.com for details. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Your cash back really adds up. Tonight, a shipwreck more than 250 miles off the coast of Boston is confirmed to be the Coast Guard ship U.S. Revenue Cutter Bear. The Bear was built in 1874 and had been missing since it sank in 1963. It served in two world wars, had an iron bow that could chop through ice, and its captain in the late 1800s was the first black officer to command a U.S. government ship. On the road is next, CBS's Steve Hartman with a man who found the best job of his life long after he retired. If you can't watch the CBS Evening News, you can listen. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Sponsored by Ancestry. For some, service is a lifetime commitment. CBS's Steve Hartman with a case in point on the road. If anyone has earned a coffee break... It's 63-year-old Mike Mason of Midlothian, Virginia. Mike served his country, first as a captain in the Marines. Mike Mason from the FBI. And later as the number four man at the FBI. Good afternoon. Mike left the Bureau in 2007, went on to work as an executive at a Fortune 500 company, and then the chief operating officer of this rocking chair. But Mike says retirement did not sit well with him. I still had a mind, and I still had things I thought I was capable of doing. But if Mike was going to start a new chapter, he knew it would have to be something really important, 
a job with a big payout, worthy of his time. So in the end, the choice was clear. How you doing? From top of the FBI to head of the BUS, Mike Mason may be the most overqualified school bus driver in America. When I gave them my resume, I actually got called by a very senior person in the county, and he said, mm, just checking. <laughs> Did you mean to apply for this job? Why, why do you want to be a bus driver? And I told him. Mike had heard the Chesterfield County Public School District was down 125 drivers, part of a national crisis. In fact, more than half the school districts in America are reporting severe driver shortages. So Mike stepped up and went all in. I mean, this guy actually waxes his bus. Why? Because <laughs> it's just how I roll. This is the Marines coming back. It is. But I think this is important work. I do. Do you sincerely believe that what you're doing today is as important as what you were doing at the FBI? I do. I think in, in our society, we need to get next to the idea that there are no unimportant jobs. I mean, what could be more important than the attention we pay to our education system? So you continue to advance in your career? That's exactly right. I'm paid a lot less, but I, I continue to advance in my career. Yes, indeed. As for the salary, Mike says he already donated all of what he expects to make this year. More than $30,000 to various charities. But of course, the much bigger gift is far less tangible. <laughs> Mike Mason had climbed to the highest level. According to the indictment, but by stepping back down to the bottom rung, he is giving us the greatest leadership of all. Leadership by example. All right, see you later. Steve Hartman, on the road in Midlothian, Virginia. And if you feel inspired by all that, we're pretty sure your local school district would love to hear from you. And we'll be right back. Tonight's On the Road segment is sponsored by GEICO. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. Monday on the CBS Evening News, we speak with Ahmaud Arbery's mother on her quest for justice as three white men go on trial for her son's killing in Georgia. That's the CBS Evening News for this Friday. For Nora O'Donnell and Major Garrett in Washington... Have a great weekend and good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.